I, James, founded and work for HPI, but do not represent them or any of their opinions. Welcome to season nine, episode 329 of the Furlough Bros Tech Podcast. Every week, we definitively answer one question about the future of tech. To do that, we take into many factors, including the companies involved, the people working for them, their marketing, and of course, the technology they are developing. I'm Matthew Dean Furlow, and winning a small golden statue of a man is my brother, James Furlow. Yeah, I heard that, um, what is it, Oscars or Emmys or Grammys or... One of those, Oscars. One of those. The big Oscars? one, James. The one that, Gosh. the only one that matters. For the movies. Yeah, for the movies. Oh, that's exciting. Is it? Any particular films you're rooting for? <laughs> uh, no. Like, I, I... Um, let's see, I would like... Um, I don't know, Justice League to, to win? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have a really good shot because it didn't get nominated. Um, honestly, I've only seen like one of the movies on the best best picture this year. You're too um, busy. That's what that means. Oh yeah, probably. Also, they're like sad and stuff, and I just wasn't in the uh, wasn't yeah. in a sad mood. Typically, they're all like serious and stuff. Yeah. So oh, Thor Ragnarok wasn't um, uh, nominated. That's not for, not for best picture, although it's clearly best picture. Pretty good soundtrack, and that's for sure. You, you want to know who's going to win most money this year? Holy cow, man. Black Panther, at it again. Oh, jeez. a drug or not. It is crazy. It hasn't even opened in China yet, and it's already almost at a billion dollars. It's crazy. It's, I, it's nuts. It's exciting, James. I don't know why I get excited about Disney making billions of dollars, but I get excited. I read a really interesting article about that, which isn't today's topic, but it was talking about how essentially great for Disney and Hollywood short term. It's like, but long term, eh, maybe not so much. Like, what does it say when Disney is the top four of five and when they finally buy, was it Fox or whatever, they'll be the top 13 of 15 of all time. And they're just like, it's... It's a one-man show at this point, which is all great and dandy until it's not anymore, and all of this stuff goes through cycles, and um, it's going to be interesting. And it's like, it's movie theaters is really where the it's going to get fascinating. And what he was saying is that apparently, uh, was it Movie Pass is is going pretty strong, but uh, it's people who have decided like, oh, they're totally willing to pay. Um, you know, nine ninety nine for a movie, which is clearly significantly less than what current, you know, what movie theaters are currently charging. Right. Like, if they go bust, which he like, they probably will. Then, then they're like, everyone's in for. Um, oh yeah, this is we are on a we are on a war path right now for the next thing. This is like, in a way, it's exciting because. You've, you're you're forming a monopoly, but it's a it's a pop culture monopoly. Like it's they've they've got the power to manipulate the theaters, which is the infrastructure. And the next, I mean, I don't know. One, part of this part of what makes this calculation weird is that the value of Netflix is bigger than any of their other ri- rivals, other than I think Disney. Um, and just the idea that theaters are like they're 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 a vestige of the past and they're cool, but, but I don't think they, sh- yeah, they don't have to be, but they, well, in a way I do think they have to be, I think, you know, we're, we're not talking about, 
VR and AR. I don't know how you're going to work us into our topic tonight, but yeah, I'll figure it out. But well, I mean, like, and I guess if everyone's got a 65 inch TV in their home, like that's pretty good, which I think I figured out how to put a TV in our living room, by the way. That's awesome. We just, we're going to, um, we're going to get rid of the fireplace. Well, we're not going to get rid of it, but we're just not going to use it. Okay. Then we could put it on the hearth. Problem solved. There we go. Boom. And then I get it at the height that I want. It's centered. It can be large. I, I mentioned it to my wife and she just rolled her eyes at me and was like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, no, <laughs> I'll figure it out. Well, you know. um, I did add a new piece of smart technology to my home this weekend. Yes. I now have a, a smart exhaust fan in my bathroom. It senses the amount of moisture in the room, automatically turns on, and then when the humidity reduces to a certain level, it automatically turns off. Interesting. Yeah. Kind of brilliant. That's kind of nice. Yeah. That's what, not that I, I'm just kind of, well, what I found was like, we'd get done taking a shower and we would just leave the fan on. Oh yeah. And then you have to remember to go back and turn it off. And I was like, oh, this is. Once you get used to not remembering things, it's really annoying to have to remember things. <laughs> yeah, it was bad, which I know like usually like the cheap places, they just have timers. I'm like, dude, there's gotta be a, a smart one of these, but Lutron, they make a, they make a humidity sensing yeah, fan. And- yeah, humidity sensors are super cheap too. They're not. I can you apparently build that in at a reasonable cost. So. I uh, I had to determine how sensitive it was supposed to be, which I was like, I don't, I don't know. So I just kind of guessed and went super sensitive. I figured I could always back it off, yeah. but uh, too much. Yeah, and then there's apparently you can even set it to just automatically run for airflow reasons. If that was a thing you were interested in, cool. Which I'm not. Yeah. So. <laughs> There's that, which is kind of funny in the directions. They're like, this is off, and this is probably right for most of you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Trust you guys. You probably looked into it more than I have. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, it was kind of cool. But uh, what I really wanted to talk about was this podcast and how we get a bazillion listeners. All right. One, cool. one bazillion. One. And okay. I have bad news. Yes. I don't think it's through Facebook and social sharing. But let's talk about that. Okay. So there was this new article out uh, done based on research done by Buzz Sumo. Buzz Sumo. Um, Have you ever heard of that company? No. So they're they're essentially a really cool they're they're like this weird hybrid of an analytics company and a social sharing company. So um, you probably have seen their front end stuff, like share buttons. They make those types yes, of things. Seen those, yeah. Amazing, yeah. But uh, but then what they do is they give um, I don't know what do you want to call them people who use their stuff, their customers uh, a bunch of data as well about it. So one of the really cool ones, like um, I've I I have a website that um, I have essentially given up on for landlords because um, I'm working on something better and. Um, and I used BuzzSumo for it because they just had a WordPress plugin, WordPress plugin yes. that you could use. And it would give you a heat map of where people have been on your page. So you could get an idea Whoa. for how, yeah, you can get an idea for how far they've scrolled and where they've stopped, where they've spent time, where they've clicked and things like that. And so you could really see what's, what's, what's doing well, what's not so well. So like if you wanted to test your sidebar, you could see what things are people actually clicking on? Through. Cool. Um, yeah, it was very cool, very visual. It was neat. So, um, so I like them. And so they decided to, to share a, a new report. They've looked at 
100 million articles published to come up with their sharing trends. That seems like enough. <laughs> That's probably statistically significant, though I noticed on a couple of other things, they actually include air bars, which I fully appreciated. And I was like, wow, those are like, bigger air bars than I would have imagined given your sample set, but hey, that's cool. Whatever. What do I know? Um, so this is cool. So I just kind of, I just kind of walk, want to walk through it in this episode. Um, because, and I, what I really want to do is I want to say, has social jumped the shark? And I'm talking like Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, those kind of things when I say social and, um, and you'll get why I mean that. And so that's kind of going to be our, the ultimate question that we're going to be asking, like, is it Dunsky's? Is it on the way down? Or is is Zuckerberg trying to find, um, you know, time well spent or what is it? Time spent is time well spent. And are people finding it? It's, it's not on Facebook. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah. So anyways, um, there's, there were a couple of theories out there and, um, and it's like maybe true. So um, here's the big, like the big top line takeaway. I think this is amazing. Social sharing is down by 50% across the board just a few years ago. So in 2015, articles saw an average of eight shares. Today, times 50%, it's dropped to only four shares per article. Whoa. And how about this? this is, I thought this was also interesting. Talk about the long tail or not so long tail. Only 5% of content gets shared more than this random number, 343 shares. I know what they did there. They looked at the top 5% and took the average and they came up with 343, um, which is fine. <laughs> um, the question is, what does the next one get? <laughs> right, but, yeah. You know, whatever, distributions. I only I kind of want to know about that stuff, but whatever. Um, so, so interesting, right? So social sharing down 50 Five zero percent. We're in trouble. Well, maybe. Um, first of all, um, there's there's a lot of things that are affecting it, but uh, one of them, which I thought was interesting, is just that there's um, <laughs> there's like a YouTube problem that they're having. There's more competition out there among publisher content. So here's the weird part: people are sharing more than ever, but their options of what to share is greater than they've ever had before. And so as a result, the shares are spread across more articles. Okay, that makes sense. It's kind of like back in the day when there were only three channels, like shows, a hit show would, or you know, like Seinfeld, right? It was like crazy popular. It was like, well, yeah, because you were competing against 20 other channels, good for you. Now you're competing against a thousand other channels. Yeah, and so even if you're a hit, and YouTube, right, <laughs> and Netflix. And so a hit show in today's day and age, is not the same at all. And um, so that's part of what we're dealing with here, but you know, whatever. There's some other stuff that make you really question where it's headed. Um, apparently everyone is an expert on Bitcoin now. And so everyone feels the need to write an article, which I don't think we, we've kind of dismissed Bitcoin really. And um, you and I me think, personally, I think, I think we're right. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've we've. Are you are you invested in Bitcoin? On on a on Robinhood, you can invest in Bitcoin now. What? Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, anytime you're single stock uh, trading, you're you're gambling. I I personally think, you know, oh, dude, I love gambling. So, I know it's fun, but I just it's not what I it's not what I do. So I'm not going to invest in Bitcoin. Well, how do we get off on this topic? But it's 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 the blockchain, man. That's where it's the under. Totally, totally, totally. Important. What's also important is that 
Private sharing via email and Slack, how about that for being measured, is on the rise. So people are opting, instead of taking it to, to Facebook, they're saying, well, I'll just share it directly with the two, three people who I know will like this. It's like, it's back in the email forwarding days, kind of. Remember those days? Those days were horrible. They were horrible, but it's interesting I mean, that you bring that up. I, oh, I yeah. That like on Instagram, I get, you know, people will not, they don't like like and reshare just a random post. They send it to me and say, ha this is a funny post. Really? Yeah. And then I have to respond back and pretend like I think it's funny. I don't have cool friends on Instagram, so that doesn't happen. <laughs> Whoops. Dropping my timer here. Um, and by the way, the other thing muddying the water is companies like Facebook do keep tweaking their algorithm. And so um, they're, again, the whole time well spent thing is happening. Um, but here's like, okay, fine. Things are being spread. Waters are muddied. And then you have this. Google sites are now driving twice as many referrals to publishers as social media. So social shares are on the decline, but search share search engine finds or whatever is continually on the decline and is now twice as big as social, whereas they used to be like dead even. I, I don't know. I can't do the math here. A year ago? Wait, so, okay, let me, let me make sure I understand this. So people, so and if not, so you're saying how people get to an article. Yes. It used to be that like a year ago, half of the articles or half of the people who came to an article came through social sharing. Technically half 35%, them, yes. Half of them came through or in, in 35%. Eight, 35% of them came from Google. And yes. now... 45% come from Google and 20% come from Facebook. All right. So people looking for it, people searching for it is increasing. Huh? Yeah. 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 And I want to share two more facts, but before I do that. Yeah. What's this episode? This, this episode is, uh, <laughs> this episode is brought to us by least mean squares. It's Ooh, a, LMS. It's a mathematical technique that allows you to optimize a particular equation for a data set. It's really good mm -hmm. for minimizing error. Mm -hmm. um, and most people think about linear regression, but it applies to all sorts of crazy stuff. And the, the, there's, there's some higher dimensional things that you can do with least mean squares that get pretty nutty. And um, it's really useful if you're trying to optimize for real world data sets. I'm just saying. Um, so there's, um, so in Excel you have Solver, right? Which yes. is pretty cool, pretty amazing. I, I usually like to tell people that the only reason why you use Solver is you're better at algebra, um, <laughs> but that's uh, it's not always not always the case. And I and I have I have had to use it on occasion. Um, I don't very often because well I'm good at algebra, but uh, when I do, usually it's. Solver works okay when you're trying to optimize a single cell. When you're trying to optimize against, you, you can usually, okay, what am I trying to say here? Usually, I'm not just trying to optimize a single time frame. Usually, I, it's, it's like I'm, I need to hit a certain number in like a forecast or a tool or whatever, and I need to adjust all these other numbers in order to hit this final number that you know, finance wants me to hit. Yeah. And, and it's usually not just one quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually, it's not just one quarter. It's like, 12 quarters and you have a choice you can either run solver 12 times having to move it 
over a certain number of cells, which is just annoying, painstaking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or what I've learned is that you can set up a least mean squares where uh, all you do is you take all those, like those 12 inputs and you calculate a least mean square error on it. And then all you say is change all these cells down here to minimize my least, my least mean square error. And, and then you just walk away for half an hour <laughs> and, <laughs> and let Excel do its thing. And it, and it tweaks and it changes everything until that is minimized. And um, yeah, so it's, it's technically, it's still the same amount of computer work, but I get to go get a hot chocolate. So that's, yeah, you know, I, that's, that, that's, that's awesome. I like that. I, uh, yeah, I'm, my problem is, is what I'm trying to do is like, it's one step beyond, well, it's a couple steps beyond that into like the espresso or well yeah (laughs) (laughs) well it's like it's i don't have to naively like that's a you're letting the computer just like brute force it quickly i need or brute force it which is you know just say hey solve you know find the you know try a bunch of stuff and find the the closest yeah whereas i'm actually trying to do it quickly which means that i need to take the derivative of that equation the multi variable derivative set it to zero then solve for that system of equations oh yeah i know that yeah totally should allow me just to like in very few steps solve for the least mean square of the yeah it's really fast but it's just math where i'm like oh i think i think think they started to teach me how to do this once (laughs) anyway i see i'm good at algebra yeah not calculus Exactly. Let's be very yeah. clear here. Oh yeah. Which is perfect for Excel. Yeah. Um anyway. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's awesome. This show has been brought to you by that. So go out and get some least mean squares. You use them all the Dude. time. If you don't know, you, you do. It's uh it's just it's how the real world works. You yeah, you use it in your head. You just may not be explicitly doing the math, but you definitely mm-hmm. use it. And you um uh, you benefit from it from other people. They probably used a least mean square error metric at some point here during this article that oh, we're talking certainly. about yeah. for some sort of correlation or other something, even though yeah. all we're talking about are trends. Um, they, they clearly did the math at some point. Um, I do the math all the time. Uh, yeah, so speaking of the article, two more things before we, before we decide if social sharing is dead or not. Um. This is kind of the, these are two sides of the same coin here. So um, some sites have been hurt more than other. So uh, viral publishers, I'm talking about PlayBuzz, Upworthy. Remember Upworthy? Sort of. Dude, <laughs> I remember Upworthy. So great. They were amazing at uh, at their titles here. Let's see. Are, are they still around? Um, they had like, they had a huge hot spike. And I just remember their, and then like, uh, yeah, here we go. The absolutely wild story from the civil rights movement you didn't hear in history class. They were so good at their titles. Um, That's a pretty good title. Narrative 4, whatever that means, helps teens build empathy through a unique and powerful story exchange. Um, why a rising Hollywood actor decided to come out as undocumented. Whoa. What? Dude, that first title was probably the best of the group. Um Oh, here are six simple ways you can help families in Easter Gota Guata Gauta now. Um, 
yeah (laughs) yeah that uh i'm just i've the absolutely wild story from the civil rights movement you didn't hear in history class like that's that's them that's their they're all about the title and then you click on the article and you're just kind of like oh that was yeah Yeah. (laughs) the build-up wasn't quite there um even buzzfeed uh they have been seeing regular or regular and gradual what does that mean seen regular and gradual declines i feel like they don't they just need to say gradual declines whatever um in their total shares so so sites like that have definitely been going down and i think a lot of that is a factor of the facebook tweak method um it's been even worse these last few months and i i definitely blame facebook for that but here's the deal If you have a site that's quality content, oh yes. man, you're doing good. Oh, Things good are getting news. better for you. So the so HBR Harvard Business Review, who I've um, started subscribing to in like the last year, that's so good, so good. Um, they wrote this interesting article that agreed 100% with me, so I really loved it. Was <laughs> talking about essentially they were like, it's not a zero sum game of automation, AI, and human labor. They're like, and they were like, they went through and did all the math and showed how it was going to work. And like, no, what's going to happen is like, there will be some jobs that are replaced and there will be new jobs that are created and there will be still some of the same jobs, just like all technology. And it's a question of speed. And they're like, and our research shows that it's going to be an okay transition. Yes, it will be hard for some people. It's okay. Um, I was like, yes. They agree with me. I love it. Uh, the New York Times is another one that's had a banner year. And then The Economist. I've never, I've tried to get into The Economist. <laughs> I, got a, I got a free um, subscription to them through business school. Yeah. And I just, every time I was like, ah, this is just, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like chewing on leather. I'm, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, so it's, a, it's a bit tough. <laughs> I, always, I always felt good flipping through it. But then when he actually tried to read it, I was like, ah, I'm just not, I don't get it. Um, so those guys have actually improved. So seven of HBR's most shared articles, they were published in 2017. And The Economist has its two most shared articles in the last year. So, Interesting. Yeah, so their, their takeaway from BuzzSumo is, it appears that increased content competition has not adversely affected quality sites. Paradoxically, paradoxically, it may have helped them reinforce their position in a world of content saturation. Ooh, that's a good term, content saturation. Um, if you are going to share something with your audience, you want to make sure it is well-researched, like us, and authoritative, which we are, from a trusted source, that's us. Thus, it is possible people are more selective in their sharing. Hmm. So apparently fake news is not a problem, or it is a problem. It's hard to tell. According to BuzzSumo, most people are smart enough to figure out what is fake and what is not. I was going to say, I mean, it's uh, (laughs) a... So... Which is a different question. We are are pattern-finding machines. Oh, we're so good at that. Really and truly. My kids are, like, amazing. Yeah, we chew through patterns. It's sometimes complex. And what happens, I think what happened was that these websites figured out a an exploitable pattern they they figured out a way to buzzfeed and uh, upworthy and, and places like that figured out a a mechanism by which you could exploit a pattern that we were 
triggered for. But over time, people grow accustomed to it. We learn that, you know what? We're not going to be shocked by what number six is. It's just, it's not going to do it for us. And we- And I probably did learn that in history class for the record. Yeah, exactly. Or there was a reason why it was skipped. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and you, you, you become more and more cold to that. And so the, these websites have to go even further and further in using these tricks to try to- mm. Loop you into even worse and worse content. No, and seriously, you didn't learn this in history class, really. This time, yeah, and it's going to shock you. Really, okay. exactly. It and will I, shock your shocker. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I know you. We shocked you last time, but you will be shocked by how shocked you are. Um, I. <laughs> I. This is shockingly shocking. Uh, <laughs> um, and I, and I just, I just think we, I think we're, I think we're. I think crazily enough, we we warm up to it, and and Facebook, you know, I think their whole you know time well spent thing is they're data maniacs. They look for least mean squares. They realize where the 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 line was going, and their reaction to it was, we need to change what we're doing because people are evolving. They're they're getting better at understanding the pattern, and and they're they're being repelled by it. Um, and, and it's not to say that fake news, I, I think, is is not an issue. But I, I don't know. I just think you're watching these slight – it's just a slight shift. And, I, you know, uh, that exploit isn't as useful as it used to be because yeah, we've all been there. We all went through that to some degree where the first time you saw a list like that, you clicked on it. The next couple of times you saw it, you clicked on it and thought, this is really stupid. And then – some of us picked up on it quicker than others that, no, I'm just not going to pick on this. I'm not going to click on this link anymore. Um, and those sorts of things that would go viral in that sharing sense. You know, word of mouth is the most powerful form of advertising, right? It's, yeah. it's not billboards. It's not radio ads. It's people telling people. And I think that it's because uh, I read a book called um, Infectious. Is that what the name of it um, and it was about viral ideas and how to make ideas go viral. And one of the things that they talk about is how powerful it is, you know, obviously word of mouth, but getting into like what sort of word of mouth and why we share things because, and they, they showed this, they shared this, this, this hypothetical example of two people on a hike talking about vacuum cleaners, which weirdly feels normal. Like I can imagine walking with somebody talking about vacuum cleaners and like, Oh yeah, this is vacuum cleaner reuse. Like why, why would that in that circumstance would people talk about that? Even though that does feel like something that people would do that I would do. Um, and it has to do with how we share things and how we, we mm -hmm. learn information from one another. And that is still really powerful and protected space. And that, I think that's why the we want people to respond and to respect what we're saying. And we don't want to be looked at as somebody who overshares and shares garbage. And that's why we're pinpricking people that we want to share this with, this particular thing, as opposed to just blasting it into the, to the ether. And which, by the way, likes. I, um, I visited ClickHole, which is uh, the Onion's take on Upworthy. Yeah. And I, the one I would probably share would be Utter Pandemonium. Grandma really did a number on the TV settings before asking for help with the remote. 
Oh, so good. Or this other one, incredibly kind. Harry Styles has gained 800 pounds so that fans can see him at, so fans at his concerts can see him better. <laughs> <laughs> they got a nice little uh, uh, photo to go with it, which is That's great. Hilarious. Or finally, a major scandal. Greg Popovich is taking an indefinite leave from coaching after admitting to taking home a basketball for personal use. Ooh, which is a subtle commentary. Um, click hole. That's brilliant. And I think you, when you get sites that are doing things like that, you go, yeah, yeah, there definitely are, are issues. Um, yeah. So what does this mean for uh, social media? Is Facebook doomed? No, I think that, I think what we said was, I think that, I think what we're, I don't think Facebook is doomed. I think they're, they're rolling with it. They're changing. Um, they're looking at the data and realizing that they needed to tweak their algorithm to deal because with it. people are going to do exactly what you just said, right? Eventually they're going to, they figured out, they get fed up with it and they were looking at an impending cliff and went, oh, okay, we got to, we got to correct course here. Right. Exactly. Get ahead of it. And I think that, um, so I think they'll be okay. okay. Uh, and, and I, you know, but I, I do think that, you know, platforms that more allow you to directly come communicate with people in a trusted way are going to be the ones that Ooh. win as opposed to just the newsfeed stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is why they're saying things like, um, email, uh, email, um, texting and Slack and, and those are taking off and doing better, yeah. which are really many social networks. If you think about it. I do think um, about it. That's how I think about it too. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't know what to say now. Uh, <laughs> um, that's but, cool. All right. So Facebook isn't doomed. That's what we've decided. Shocker. Quality over garbage wins in the long run. What? And those numbers are starting to bear out. Um, and 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 the future continues to be more and more specialized, trusted social networks, niche networks. That's that's the theme for this year. One of the themes for this year. All right, cool. cool. So, uh, what about you, dear listener, dear friend? Hey, you. Yeah, you. Uh, do you think socials jumped the shark? Do you think Facebook is in trouble, or do you think it's just really a sign that we are getting better and time better spent? And therefore, there's less sharing, better quality instead of quantity. Um, let us know. Leave us a comment. No, seriously, leave us a comment. We want to know. And we also want to say thank you. Thank you for joining us. We really do appreciate it. You can check out all the links. There's just one. Um, on furloughbros.com slash 329. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play. And we want to say thank you to Richard Bilton, of Neiman Lab for taking what feels like probably a lot of time to go through and pull out the interesting things. So um, thank you for that, Richard. And we also want to say that this podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. Thank you to our sponsors. And that it is brought to you by Least Mean Squares. So go minimize some squares via their means. (laughs) Um, On that note... I am, did that work? I don't even know. Um, I am James Furlow, and my upright, tall, shiny, statuesque brother is Matthew Furlow, and so we will talk next time.